Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. So let's go ahead and get right into scripture. If you can stand to your feet as we get into the word of God, I want to go to John chapter 13, verse 1 through 5, and then also verse 12 through 17. Um, God has really been speaking to me on this story and on the scripture. Also, the legacy students, for those that want to go back there, um, we have a night one every first Wednesday of the month where you guys just hang out. I believe they have some ice cream, pizza games, and all that back there. You are welcome to go back there if you wish. If you want to hang in here with us, you're welcome to, to, to do that. I love our students. Anybody appreciate our students and our student ministry? Awesome. <laughs> but God has really been speaking to me about this passage of scripture um, throughout this whole week. And I wanna continue on the idea of serving and greatness, serving and greatness. Um, the last time that I spoke was the first Wednesday of February, and I preached a message entitled, The Road to Greatness. And we talked about the story of the disciples with Jesus going to Capernaum, and they're having an argument about who's the greatest. And Jesus comes in and he tells them after you know, they argued and they arrive in Capernaum because they didn't even know that Jesus heard them. He said, hey, if you want to be first, you got to be last and you got to be servant of all. So I want to carry on with this theme of serving and just being great because to the disciples, they thought that greatness was all about them looking at what they had and what they can do and uh, how they view one another. But in the kingdom of God, God has a different perspective where he doesn't look on the outside, but he looks on the inside of man. So if you wanna hear that message, I think it will bless you. You can check it out on the app or on the website. But in the scripture we're gonna read, this is about Jesus actually. And I encourage you to take notes as well. I believe that a short pencil is better than a long mind, that if you write some stuff down, it's gonna bless you and you can remember it better. Amen? Amen. John chapter 13, verse one through five. This is about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. You may be familiar with this, but let's go ahead and read it. It says this. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. This is the same week that Jesus is going to hang on the cross and die for the sins of humanity. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and he was returning to God. I love that so much because, you know, it looks like things were falling apart, but things are really falling into place. You may be in a place in life right now where you feel like things are falling apart, where you feel like you're not in control. And yes, you may not be in control, but let me tell you, we serve a God that is in control and he turns all things together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen. So it says this, it says, so he got up from the mill, took off his outer clothing and wrapped up a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And I'm gonna skip over a couple of scriptures right here because I wanna get to the meat of what I wanna talk about tonight. Pretty much what happens in between the scripture that we just read right here and the scripture that we're about to read right now is Peter and Jesus have an altercation. Jesus comes and he tries to wash Peter's feet. Uh, but Peter says, hey, Lord, you can't wash my feet because, you know, you're Lord. And Jesus said, hey, if, if you don't accept me and don't allow me to do this, then you can't have, 
you can't be a part of what, what I want to do in the world because I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And they have a little altercation, but Jesus ends up washing all the disciples' feet. But it says this, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightfully so, for that is what I am. Now that I am your Lord, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash another's feet. Now, don't worry, this is not going to be a foot washing service, okay? We're not that weird, okay? I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you have done these things, you will be blessed. Say, you will be blessed if you do them. Some of y'all didn't know if to repeat if you do them or not, but it's okay. You'll be blessed if you do them. I'm excited to preach to you guys tonight, and I got quite a bit of notes right here on my iPad, and they usually put a 30-minute timer up there, and I'm going to do my absolute best to meet that quota. Um, but I want, more importantly for you guys, just to open up your hearts to receive what God has for you tonight, because I believe that God wants to speak to you um, in a specific, special way, because sometimes... You know, we preach a message from the pulpit and somebody receives it or sees it in a different way than somebody else may have received it. That's the spirit of God working and just touching hearts. So whatever word God wants to speak to you tonight, um, don't let this just go by you where you just hear me speak to you guys. It goes one, in one ear and out the other, but let it get inside of your heart. Let it, let it fall on some good ground because that's where God can begin to prosper and bless you in the ways that he wants to bless you. Amen? Amen, amen. You can go ahead and take a seat. You can go ahead and take a seat. Thank you for standing in respect of God's word. Now, I want to talk about serving tonight. This is not going to be one of the services where we, you know, wash each other's feet, like I said. But I want to talk about this idea of serving. Now, I don't know how you grew up. I don't know if you grew up in church or if you grew up, you know, outside of church. But I can honestly say, and we're going to throw up my title in a bit, but we're going to go ahead and throw it up now, I guess. My sermon title tonight is Towels over titles. Turn to your neighbor and say, towels over titles. It's all good. But I can honestly say, you know, growing up in church and serving in God's house has impacted my life so very much. It's, it's changed the course and the, and the trajectory of my life and has made me into a better person. And, you know, honestly, if, you know, if I'm being honest, I feel more comfortable out there in the parking lot waving and holding up a sign and just smiling at you guys rather than being right here at the pulpit. I mean, I'm just going to tell you right now, your calling is not in your comfort zone. I did not feel comfortable preaching behind the pulpit, um, but I know this is what God has called me to do, and I'm thankful to be able to do that. And honestly, I'm still serving. I'm just serving in a different way. I'm just serving you guys by preaching the word of God, and that's what I love to do. I love to serve other people. I love to serve God. And I just love it so much because the truth of the matter is, like I said, I don't know if you grew up in church, if you grew up outside of church, but we're talking about this idea of serving. And I started thinking about serving. And the truth of the matter is, it's impossible to serve God without serving other people. It's impossible to serve God without serving other people. So, but, but I was thinking, you know, what does it mean to serve? How do we live a life of servantship? Because we live in a culture right now that puts a big emphasis on being served. But Jesus came and he shifted the focus on actually serving people. And I felt so led to have the sermon title, Towels Over 
titles tonight. Towels over title. Towels over titles. I was reading this, my notes and trying to say it at the same time. That did not work out well. It's all good. Towels over titles. Now, I don't know if you grew up with siblings. Anybody grew up with brothers and sisters with siblings? Now, I have two sisters, and I have one brother. I have two sisters and one brother. My little brother's name is Joshua. Um, and Joshua, they have a picture of me and him, actually, they can throw up. Joshua um, is 10 years of age, and um, whenever I was little, I, have, I was always wanting a little brother. I'm 21, he's 10, um, but I was always wanting a little brother, and uh, God gave us Joshua. And I can say so much about Joshua. He is a great kid. Um, you know, I just, I love being a big brother, okay? And if I had to tell you a little bit about Joshua, Joshua loves sports. He loves sports so much. In fact, you know, my family isn't into sports so much when it comes to football, keeping up with the NFL and NBA and all that. But Joshua can tell you about all these different teams, all different players. He knows so much about it. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Um, he also loves Fortnite. He loves Fortnite. I don't know if your kids love Fortnite. Loves playing Fortnite. He can tell me about the skins all the time. Caleb, you know, the, I got this new skin. I'm like, cool. I, you know, I'm trying to be a big you know, good big brother listening to him, like, okay, that's cool, you know, he's telling me all about it, but he also loves church, and, and he loves God, and he actually serves um, over there at CK, um, he plays the drums over there, I just love my little brother so very much, and now he's 10 years of age, and he's coming to an age where he is, where we're starting to give him more responsibilities, okay, so he's, come, he's becoming older, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, now that he's getting older, I'm going to go ahead and give him some responsibilities, and did you grow up with strict parents that had chores or anything like that? I don't know if you had like a chore chart or any of that. My parents, one of my parents' motto, my mom's motto, and especially Allison, my other sister's motto is like, pick up after yourself, okay? Pick up after yourself. Just make sure to clean. And we have different responsibilities at my house. And um, one of my responsibilities that I had uh, for a very long time was um, taking out the trash. That was just the thing. I'd be in my room chilling. I would hear, Caleb, come over here. Come take out the trash or whatever. And I would have to go and uh, take out the trash. And about 90% of the time, it would be me, you know, taking out the trash. Uh, my parents and Haley and them would be willing to take it out only if they had to. But now, I got mini-me right here. That's what I like to call him. And I'm trying to give him some responsibilities at the house to carry the load to start taking out the trash. Anybody with me tonight? Come on. He needs to start taking out the trash and, you know, I hated being little and taking out the trash because it was really dark outside. And whenever, you know what I mean? Like, I got told to take out the trash, and it was dark, and it, it was, like, so dark. I was so scared to run outside. But now we have lights outside the house. So I'm like, Josh, you have absolutely no excuse. But what, what I find Josh doing is he's in his room playing Fortnite, and I come into his room. I say, Joshua, um, I need you to take out the trash. And he responds by saying, you know, okay, let me do it after this game. Um, one, one time I told him to take out the trash. Um, but and put the trash cans along the street and stuff like that, but he forgot to do it. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where the trash cans didn't get picked up on trash pickup day and your trash cans were full, so you have to make, like, a stealth mission run to, like, one of the public trash cans in the middle of the night, making sure no cops come. Am I really the, okay, I must be, we must be really Mexican. We're just like, okay, hurry up, son. We got to put everything in there. Get out of here, peel off. And I'm telling you, we, got, we repent after that. It's all good. I don't, I don't know. I hate those moments. Anybody can relate to me tonight. Just, that's, that's happened to us. Um, but, you know, sometimes I get a response from Joshua, and, he, he, and it's not really a word. It's just a sound. He's like, ugh, I have to take out the trash, or, 
you know, he just doesn't feel like doing doing it. And he just starts going, ugh, whenever I told him to start taking out the trash. And, you know, it, it's understandable, you know, because it's taking out the trash. It doesn't sound too enticing. doesn't sound fun. I understand he's, he's doing things on his own. But I'm really trying to get him to a place where I don't have to tell him to take the trash out every single time, where he does it by default. Okay, now to all the parents in here, uh, to all those in here that have brothers and sisters, wouldn't be awesome if you didn't have to tell them to do the dishes, to take out the trash, to do their laundry. They just did it by default. But I was thinking about the idea of serving. I was, I was thinking, you know, how do we view serving? And, you know, I, I really think that your perspective of serving would shift if you viewed serving not as an obligation, but you viewed it as an opportunity. Not as an obligation, but as an opportunity. Because many of you, whenever I said that I'm going to be talking about this idea of serving towels over titles, I could already hear it in your spirit. You know, just like Joshua, take out the trash, serving. You know what I mean? And the truth is, you know, I believe that we're all called to serve, but serving doesn't really begin in the church. I believe that serving begins in the home. I think that serving begins in the home uh, by whatever that may look like to you, whether that's mowing the yard or taking out the trash or, or, or doing the dishes or, or, or doing the laundry or, or just serving other people. And I know this is really practical right now, but I believe that it's true because what's the point of serving in a church if you're not willing to serve at the home? You know what I mean? Like what's the point of serving at the church if you're not willing to serve at the home? But here's the thing about Jesus. I love about Jesus. Jesus was willing, and some of you are looking at your husbands. You're going to be t- you're telling your kids, I want you to look at the message tonight, um, but I encourage you guys, we're all called to play a part and, and play a role. It's not just supposed to be loaded up on one person. I understand you have jobs and you have responsibilities. You men are providing a living for your family. However you guys work it out, you know what I mean? But I believe that whatever way that may look like, we are called to serve, amen? But one thing I love about Jesus is Jesus was willing to serve wherever he was needed. Jesus was willing to serve wherever, you know, he, he was needed, you know, and during this time, during this era, what would happen was before people ate supper, before people ate lunch, before people ate food, um, whenever they walked into a room, there would be a person designated to stand there right at the entrance to wash the people's feet as they came in. Okay, now that sounds weird to us today, but during this time, um, that, was, that was custom. That, that was something that they were used to because washing feet, wasn't a luxury. Washing feet was actually a necessity because during that time, the streets would have dirt. It would have dust. It would have feces. It would, it would have garbage, and they would be walking through the streets, and they would walk into a room, and they didn't want to eat food with, you know, nasty feet. And, you know, I can already imagine it right now because whenever they walk into this room, there's a water basin there. There's a towel there, but there's not a person there. And they walk into the room, I can already imagine each one of them walking one by one into the room thinking to themselves, okay, is somebody going to wash our feet? And they sit down and they're talking amongst themselves. And you look at the, the gospel of Luke and his perspective, he actually says that the disciples are having an argument, argument amongst themselves again, talking about, you know, who is the greatest. And as they're arguing about, you know, who's the greatest, Jesus actually 
decides to step up from, from his place at the table. He stands up. He, he takes off his rabbi's robe, and, and he puts it to the side. And the rabbi's robe was something that was, was prestiged. It was respected. It was revered. People just, just admired it because it, it, it was part of his title. It was part of his identity as a, as a teacher. And he put that to the side, it says. And he picked up a towel, and he tied it around his waist. And he begins to go around while the disciples are talking. I can already imagine. Imagine it. They probably don't even notice it because they're, they're talking amongst each other. And he starts to wash the disciples' feet. He starts to wash the disciples' feet. See, the same hands that hung the stars, the same hands that, that hung the sun in its place, the, the same hand that's, that, that created the universe was, was washing the disciples' feet. On that day, the banner of the kingdom of God was a dirty towel. On that day, the banner of the kingdom of God was a dirty towel. And I want you guys to hear this tonight. The people that make a difference in the kingdom of God are the people that put down the title. They put down the title and they pick up the towel. They put down the title and they pick up the towel because the first thing, I think the first thing that Jesus was trying to tell us in this story was this. If you're too big to serve, this is my first point. If you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. If you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. Now, I want you to, I don't know if you know this or not, but the term leader isn't mentioned in the New Testament at all. It's not mentioned in the New Testament at all. See, Jesus taught us to lead by following. And the truth is, if you're in a position of leadership, you're actually in a position of servant leadership. I don't know what responsibilities you have in the home. I don't know what responsibilities you have on the job. Maybe you're the boss. Maybe you're the CEO. Maybe you're the manager. Maybe you're the general manager. I don't know what you're doing. Maybe you're the bus boy. I don't, I don't know. But however you see that, that chart of hierarchy talking about the placement of people, I, I want you to imagine seeing yourself at the top, but then I want you to imagine it being flipped completely upside down because I believe the truth is that we are called to serve people, not just be leaders, but to be servant leaders. What I'm trying to say tonight is I understand there's delegation, there's structure, there's responsibilities that you can hand off to different people, but don't ever get in a mindset where you think, that's below me. I can't do that. You know, I'm too good to, to do that and serve in that area or have the mindset. I hate this mindset Whenever we, whenever, you know, you ask somebody to do something or whatever, and there's, there's pride and arrogance there, and it says, you know, that's not my job. I don't want to do it. I can't do it or whatever. Just because they don't feel like doing it, they feel like it's below them. Guys, don't think it's not my job because that makes teamwork impaired. Don't think of yourself too highly where you aren't willing to serve in an area that needs help. If you do that, guys, you're going to be looking down at other people. But let me tell you something. It's hard to look down at other people when you're washing their feet. It's hard to look down at other people when you're washing their feet. And what caught my attention about the scripture that we just read was that Jesus stands up from the table. He gets the towel. He puts it around him, and he begins to wash the feet. I think Jesus was trying to tell the disciples that's serving, he, he puts it around, he, puts the, he doesn't just carry the towel, but he puts it around his waist. What was Jesus trying to do? I believe that Jesus was trying to say, hey, serving isn't just something you do, but it's actually a part of who you are. It's the fabric of your DNA. 
And Jesus didn't care what other people thought about him. He knew who he was and he knew what he came to do. He didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. See, the greatest title that you're ever going to receive in life is that of a servant. The greatest title that you're ever going to receive in life is that of a servant. I love what Luke chapter 22 verse 27 says. It says this. Who is more important? This is Jesus responding to them and telling them, <clears throat> talking about who's more important and who's greater. After he washed their feet, he said, who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you, for I am among you as one who serves. What Jesus was simply trying to say is, hey, if you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. If serving is beneath you, then leadership will always be beyond you. So the first point tonight is, if you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. Don't ever have a mindset, oh, I can't do this. I can't serve there. I can't do that. It's really hard to look down at other people whenever you're, whenever you're washing their feet. Here's my second point tonight that I got from the story. Servants see needs and they meet them. Servants see needs and they meet them. I want you to notice the need in the scene that we read. There was usually somebody at the door whenever they came in to eat, but this time there was nobody at the door. The water basin was there, the towel was there, but there was no person there. There was a towel, there, the supplies and the resources were there, but the supplies were not there. Could it be that there's some needs in your life and needs in other people's life where the resources and everything necessary is there, but the only thing is you're not willing or somebody isn't willing to step up and take action and do what they need to do? Because I believe that us as a church, there are some needs in this city that will not be met unless we're willing to step forward as a church and do what God's called us to do. We have to be willing... We have to be willing to do what other people aren't willing to do, and we have to be able to see what other people aren't willing to see because that's the only way that we can be effective. And I can, I can already imagine the disciples, they see Jesus come, and he, he's washing their feet, and I can already imagine Peter thinking to himself as, he's, as Jesus is washing their feet, or, or, or Matthew thinking to himself, man, I should have been the one to wash people's feet first. I would have looked so good, you know, in front of Jesus. One little thing I want to tell you guys, whenever you step into an environment, whenever you step into an environment, try to envision, try to envision that environment the way that your leader would envision that environment. One thing I've been told is whenever I step into a church, try to envision things the way that Pastor Bobby, you know, sees the church. And my dad is very detailed oriented, uh, not because you're trying to impress other people, but just because you want to serve and you want to be a good example and you just want to serve. So I encourage you guys, little thing, whenever you step into an environment, try to see things not just from your perspective, but maybe you're at the job, uh, maybe you're serving at, at, at work, whatever it may be. Try to envision it the way that your leader would envision it, envision it because you may see needs that you never even thought were there to begin with. You guys follow me tonight? That's a good little piece of advice right there. But what needs, what needs do you have in your life where you have the resources you have everything necessary except for your willingness. I believe that there's some needs in our life where the resources are there, the supplies are there, but the willingness isn't there. Let me tell you about the greatest need meter of all time, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the greatest need meter of all time. Because whenever Jesus saw dirty feet, he picked up the towel and he began to wash their feet. 
Whenever Jesus saw people that were blind, he decided to serve them by giving them sight. Whenever Jesus saw those, because this isn't the first time that Jesus met a need. Whenever Jesus saw those that were lame, he decided to be there for them and pray for them and give them new legs. Whenever Jesus saw those that were hungry, he decided to give them food. Whenever Jesus saw those that were dead, he came and he resurrected their body back to life. Whenever Jesus saw a need, whenever he saw leprosy, whenever he saw sickness, whenever he saw disease, he came and he made them whole. And let me tell you tonight, Jesus Christ met the greatest need of all time, and that was the need that we had in our life of sin, death, and the grave. We were heading straight to hell. We had no hope at all. But I praise God that one day Jesus came and he set me free and he died on the cross. Guess what? Jesus Christ met the greatest need of all time, and that was you and your sin and your death. But Jesus came and he fixed it all. Jesus Christ, the greatest man. This is the gospel message, guys. I can preach and I can talk about different things. I can say cool slogans, things that rhyme and different things like that and good principles that you can carry. But let us never forget the greatest message of all, of all time, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that I was dead. I carried a weight that I could not hold. I, I, I couldn't get to heaven. I, I couldn't get to God. But guess what? I couldn't get to God, so God came to me. And Jesus Christ, I'm going to preach this gospel. Jesus Christ is the greatest man of all of all time. Jesus Christ is the greatest man of all time. He was a sovereign king, but he was also a suffering servant. He had no servants, but yet they called him master. He had no degree, but, but yet they called him teacher. He had, I wish somebody would get excited. He had no medicines, but yet they called him healer. He had no army, but yet kings feared him. He, he had won no military battles, but yet he, he conquered the grave. He committed, he committed no crime, but guess what? Yet they crucified him, and guess what? He was in the grave. They buried, in him, they buried him in a tomb, but yet he lives today. I wish somebody got excited about this. I get excited preaching this. Do you have a need tonight? What need do you have right now in your life? May I submit to you that Jesus has what you need. My God shall meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You feel alone? Guess what? Jesus is here. You got depression? Guess what? Jesus is here. You have some bills you got to pay? You got some debts that you owe, guess what? Jesus is here. Your kids are going crazy, you don't know what to do? Guess what? Jesus is here. You feel confused about your future, you need clarity? Guess what? Jesus is here. You have a sin, you have a sickness, you have a disease that you don't know what to do with? Guess what? Jesus Christ is enough. That is the message that we have. That's all we got, guys. That's all we got. Jesus Christ. I'm thankful, man, for God. We could never save ourselves, so Jesus came and he saved us. I feel it, man. I feel the anointing. I feel the Holy Spirit, man. So I want to talk about, I'm going to get back on track for talking about serving. But let me tell you tonight, maybe you're in this place. You don't know what to do with your life. You don't know where you're at. Maybe you've never given your life to God. This is such a perfect opportunity to do that, just to give your life to Jesus because Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. He traded life for death so that way we can trade death for life. That's the gospel message, guys. For God so loved the world that he came, that, that, he, that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? Amen. Give God praise just for a second. Come on. Let's get back on track. So how do we become servants? How do we serve? We know Jesus is the greatest servant of all time, right? But how do we serve? 
We, we do it. We, in the doing, we find the becoming. By giving, I become a giver. By worshiping, you become a worshiper. But guess what? This is how you become a servant. By serving, you become a servant. To be a servant, we just got to do it. You just got to take action. It's, whenever I come to church, I don't, I don't just walk and like, boom, I'm a worshiper now. Or, you know, whenever I come and give in the front, boom, I'm a, it just it comes by action. And you may not feel something spark or ignite or whatever. It, it's, not, it's not like that all the time. It's just by you putting your best foot forward and just serving. And, and we're called to be servants. But here's the tip, guys. If, if you find yourself, you're like, man, I want to be a servant. I want to serve. I want to help out. Whatever that may look like. And, you know, I encourage serving in the church, you know, and I know we have different schedules and uh, we come from different areas of life where, where our schedules can be hectic and busy. We completely understand that. Uh, but I encourage you, uh, pray about it. You know, we would love for you to join the team here at Covenant and serve, whether that be one time a month or once, twice a month, whatever. There's so many great opportunities to serve and to get involved here at this church. But I believe to be a servant, two things are necessary, prayer and practice. Prayer and practice. You got to be honest with God. Just pray to God, God. I'm really, I don't have a servant's heart. I'm not the most humble person, God, but I, I want to learn how to serve. But it's not enough just to hear the word of God. You, you got to be doers of the word of God and just take action. Just like, okay, I'm going to serve. I'm going to help out. Wherever that may be at, we're called to serve wherever we're at, whether you're at the job, uh, whether you're at the house, or whether you're in the church. Let me tell you this third point real quick. Serving unlocks blessings. Serving unlocks blessings. So the first point that we said was, if you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. Number two, serving sees needs and meet them. And number three, serving unlocks blessings. Serving does, in, does, um, does unlock blessing, guys. Let me tell you something. Your serving is not in vain. The time that you spend at church is not in vain. The time that you spend serving in the church is not in vain. The time that you spend in prayer is not in vain. The time that you spend fasting is not in vain. The time that you spend investing into your children, taking them to soccer practice, taking them to to basketball practice, taking them to school, investing into them, serving into them, praying for them, that is not in vain. No matter where you're at in life, serving is not in vain. God shall not be mocked. Whatever you reap, that shall you sow it. You're going to receive what God has for you. I feel like I need to tell that to some people because you've invested way too much into God's kingdom, into his house, and you don't feel like you're not getting a return. Guess what? God is the best at ROI. Whenever you invest into God's house, whenever you invest into his kingdom, he will take care of you. Amen? But Jesus said after he washed the disciples' feet, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do that. I'm going to close. Haley, you can come on up so the people know that I'm about to close. All right. Jesus said, after you wash the disciples' feet, you'll be blessed. If you, you, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Here's one thing I've learned. Some prayers in my life aren't answered whenever I'm on my knees praying, but they're answered when I'm on my feet serving. Not while I'm on my knees praying, but actually when I'm on my feet serving, because there's a blessing attached to serving. It starts by serving in the home. It starts by serving on the job. It starts by serving in the church. I don't know what you need tonight. I don't know if maybe you desire a promotion at your work. Could, could I submit to you that possibly the promotion that you need at work could be unlocked by you serving at your work, not just by doing your job, but by going above and beyond the status quo and serving your boss or serving your coworkers, praying for your boss, praying for your coworkers, just serving wherever you're at, where God will begin to bless you. I believe that us as a church, guys, because we are called to serve, guys. 
We're not here just to, you know, be cool or say we have a great big church or just say, hey, you know, have you seen our worship team or have you seen our curriculums? Have you seen our programs that we have in place and our student ministry? No, we are actually here to serve one another. We're here to serve our community. I pray that whenever people hear about Covenant Life Center, they think to themselves or they say, man, that is a generous church. They know how to serve. They know how to give back. I don't wanna just be a consumer, but I wanna be a contributor. We are called to be servants first. And guess what? As we serve, we will unlock blessings and doors in our life that could never have been opened to begin with. And I believe that more that we serve one another, the more that we serve, because in reality, when you serve other people, you're not just serving other people, but you're actually serving God because it's impossible to serve other people without serving God. So whenever you serve other people, whenever we serve our community, whenever we do Covenant Cares, Caleb Slavic has done such a great job doing Covenant Cares, getting these events together for our outreaches in our community, whether it's a block party, serving at Christ's Kitchen, or serving at the food bank. We have a place for every person at this church to serve and get involved. But let me encourage you, start serving at home first. Start serving your spouse. Start serving your children. How can I help you? How can I pray for you? How can I be there for you? What do you need? Oh, I got you. Just whatever you can. I understand we can't let people take advantage of us, but we can't let that hold us back from, from, just, from just loving people and just loving God. As we serve people, God will begin to open up doors we never even thought possible. Amen? The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service in the, in the service of others. That's a, such a good quote. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. I'm gonna read this real quick. Everybody stand to your feet, please. As we get ready to close. Matthew 25, verse 23 says this. And this is about a parable. This is about a story that Jesus gave where he talked about a master who went on a trip for a while. And he went to his employees and he gave one employee, there was three of them, he gave one of them, one of the servants, he gave them five bags of gold. He gave another one two bags of gold. And he gave another one one bag of gold. And as he goes on this trip, he says, do whatever you see fit with it. He comes back from this trip. The first one that he gave five, multiplied it by double and had 10 bags. The second one that he gave, multiplied it and he had two bags. But the third one that he came back, he didn't do anything with it. He actually buried it in the ground. He, he didn't do anything with it because he was fearful of his master or he was too scared to do something with it. And he didn't do anything with it. He just let it sit stagnant. But Jesus, but it says in the scripture that the master came back and he talked to the first two servants that multiplied it. And he told them this, he said, his master replied, well done that good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Come and share. And he wasn't as happy with the other servant because the other servant didn't do anything with it. He didn't even attempt to do anything with it. So I wonder if there's some things in your life that God has given you to be a steward of, some opportunities for you to grow, for you to mature, for you to serve other people's people, for you, for you to be a blessing to other people, but your fear is holding you back. What other people may think, oh, you may fail or whatever. It doesn't matter, man. I'm telling you, whenever you put your best foot forth and you do it with the right heart, God will begin to bless you. And whenever we get to heaven one day, I believe that we're gonna hear these words. Whenever I step into eternity, whenever I pass away, guys, life is but a vapor, but God's kingdom is forever. Whenever I pass away one day, I just wanna hear those words. I just wanna hear those words. 
I just want to know in my heart, you know what, God? I did give it my all. I may have failed. I may have stumbled. But though a righteous man stumbles, and he, he will not fall, for, for God will lift him up. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he will be lifted up every single time. At least I tried. I want to know in my heart, hey, I tried my best at church. I served. I, I, I did what I could for my family. I, I served wherever I was at. I, I just wanted to be a blessing. I don't want to be just a, con, a consumer. I want to be a contributor. I just want to hear those words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Anybody believe that? Come on. See, I don't think serving, and I'm going to close with this. I don't think serving, serving doesn't save you. Only Jesus can, but it does help keep you saved. See, serving, we do not get to heaven by good works, by how good we are, by how good, but by how good Jesus Christ is, amen? But think about this. Before Jesus, I wanna leave you with this thought. Before Jesus could hang on the cross, he knelt on his feet. Jesus not only washed the feet of his betrayer, but he took his place on the cross. Jesus lived 33 years, but he gave it his all. See, life is not measured, this is my conclusion, life is not measured by its duration, but by its donation. Life is not measured by its duration, but it's actually measured by its donation. Wherever you're at right now in life, God has called us to serve wherever he leads us to serve at. And I believe that God's gonna begin to bless you and do amazing things in your life. If anybody believe that and receive that tonight, I wanna pray with you. I wanna pray with you real quick. Maybe there's somebody in this place that hasn't given their life to Jesus. Maybe you heard what I said and it resonated with you. You were receptive of it and you're saying to yourself, you know what, Caleb, you know, I haven't given my life to the Lord. I haven't said yes to Jesus because Jesus is the only name that man may be saved. Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. He's the only way to heaven. Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross so that way we may be saved. And the way that we, we receive him is we repent of our sins, repent of our wrong, wrongs, and we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died on the cross and he rose and he's coming back one day. We, we just believe that stuff here at this church. And I believe if you pray this prayer with me that I'm about to pray, Maybe you've prayed it before. Maybe you haven't prayed in a while. You want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe this is your first time praying this prayer. I want you to repeat it after me tonight, and we'll close. Say, Dear Father, forgive me for my sins. I believe that Jesus is Lord, that he died, and that he rose. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness as I forgive other people. I believe in you. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.